Hello, Terry. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, a life unscripted. We're so grateful to have you here today. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. I'm even better that we're going to talk about a really awesome topic that we've not really covered. We've covered a lot of topics of leadership, but not leadership in women and how women have made an impact in the world of leadership. Uh, you've written a wonderful book called Seven Strategies Women Should Use to Lead and Win in Business. And we're going to talk about that and your latest book, which is, this is the title of your latest book. And I, I'm so grateful to have you share with the audience a little bit about your backstory and what led you yourself into business. Well, for me, I'm, of course, a retired military. Um, I have five combat tours. What led me into this field was I was told as a child that my call in life was to be a teacher. Now, being, me being a teacher came different because, or difficult rather, because I actually hated school, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, <laughs> so to be a teacher was, was far-fetched. But what I didn't realize is that during the course of my time in military, I was actually being groomed to speak mm. in front of groups, to instruct and give guidance to those who are underneath me. And it was a natural progression for me to tap into the speaking field. Mm-hmm. And, and ironically enough, when we mentioned writing uh, this book, mm-hmm. I, was a, I was a CDF English student in high school. Mm. Now, the funny thing about it is that even though I was barely getting out of high school, I finally did, went into the military, did 21 years, mm. and then after, after completing my time and retiring, I went back to school. Uh, so I completed my bachelor's completed my master's and I became my master's class of valedictorian. Mm, wow. So the transition from failing high school student to master's class of valedictorian wasn't, uh, wasn't about doing, it was about changing and thinking. Hmm. So this is, this is fascinating for me. So what changed in your attitude or your thinking from when you were in school to when you graduated or left military to graduating college? How did that transfer? What was the difference? In high school, as I said, I really didn't like school. It was more so a matter of me applying myself. I had the capability, but I never applied that ability. Mm-hmm. And military gave me the discipline that I needed to take charge and go after what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So once I retired, I realized I needed to do something different. And when I moved to Atlanta, the, abil- the availability of jobs weren't plentiful or as I thought they would be mm-hmm. because when I retired, I wasn't aware that the country was in a recession because regardless of what the economy did, I was going to get my money. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went back to school mm-hmm. and I got a C in my first class. I said, I've seen this before. I know you. So I would not have that happen again. So as a result, I changed my perspective. I made a deal with myself. I said, if I get anything less than a B in any class that followed, I would take the class again until I got it. So every class after that, all 17 of them was either an A or a B. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, I began the master's degree program. And I made a second deal with myself. If I get anything less than an A, I would take the class again. The mm-hmm. second class, I was a tenth of a point from an A, but I didn't take the class again. What I did was refocus. Tell me. Now, what I'm getting from you here is that you put a pain point in front of you that was more uncomfortable to lose than to win. Definitely that. Uh, For me, 
because I knew where I came from, I knew what road would take me back there. So I avoided that at all costs. Mm -hmm. I had to do something different and I knew it. Yeah. So, uh, so I changed my perspective and I went after it. That's great. Now, what changed? Because you wrote a book about leadership. What prompted you to write only not only a book about leadership, but also to tailor it to women and how they can lead their best? What, what brought you to that? Women raised me. I grew up without my father, so I understood about leadership from women, specifically my grandmother and my mother. Now, during my time in military, the predominant force that impacted me were men. But also during the course of that time, I still had the leadership of women. Mm -hmm. So once I got out of the military, I was still under the guidance or direction or supervision of women. Mm -hmm. What made it interesting was when I wrote, after I wrote my first book, I didn't think anybody would want to hear about leadership from a male's perspective for women. <laughs> yeah. but, but the funny thing is my publisher said to me, you have something to say. And from my experience, we as men think we know. Women want to know. Mm -hmm. So you find there are books that are out there that are written for women in business by women in business. Mm -hmm. You also see books that are written for women by men, but usually about relationships, marriage, and things of the like. Yeah. But you're not going to find any books that are written out there for women in business by a man in business. Wow. Now, can I, I ask you from your perspective in business, what have you seen as the differences between the way men lead or the way women lead? What are the, some of the differences? Some of the differences are, is really approach, mannerisms, styles. We as men, and I address it in my book, we are more aggressive, more assertive, more demanding, and that comes from childhood upbringing. We are taught to be the tough guy. Boy, men don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> but culturally, women or, gen or generationally, women aren't taught the same thing that we are. They're taught to be so servant, take care of your man, mm -hmm. keep the house clean, and do things that are domestically geared towards women. Yeah. But today's successful women don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. They've gravitated towards the ideologies or philosophies, rather, of how men think. Mm -hmm. they, they want to get it done. They're making things happen, and they're successful. They're the CEOs, the talk show hosts, the millionaires and billionaires mm -hmm. who are really running things now. Yeah. And I applaud them. Oh, man. This is great, Terry. What I'm getting, and I love that we are on this subject, is I've talked in the past about some of my difficulties in, in management myself when I've had to lead, where I've kind of put on a man-male persona, trying to be really tough and aggressive. And <laughs> you know, actually, it was really bad for my health, really bad for me as a person. It didn't work for me. It didn't fit who I am as a person. Now, I, I lead differently, and it's not coming from a space of, I have to be like a man. Because, you know, I don't have to be like a man to lead. And, and so that super aggressiveness is not necessary. But being okay with um, asking for what you want and standing by it, one of the things you mentioned is that uh, men can be more competitive, more aggressive, but women are taught, you know, just be nice. And, and that niceness, from what I found, right, from my perspective in the past, when I would go in for a negotiation, I would often take one of the first deals on the table thinking, well, I shouldn't push too hard. You know, that's not something I should do. I'll lose this deal. Where right. men think, oh, well, this is my starting point. The, the thing we put on the table, that's where we start. Let's mm -hmm. go. Yeah. So it, it's kind of, you know, using our own gifts 
and our ways to approach things, you know, uh, from our own uh, perspective, but doing it in a way that doesn't have to make us something else that we're not like me trying to be male or more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, from my perspective, I learned, especially through military, that even women, you are a, fem, a feministic uh, quality. You learn from men, but never become them. Mm-hmm. Always, always be authentically you. And that's what gives you the, the competitiveness in and of itself. That's what makes you unique. That's where your value position comes from. Mm-hmm. You being yourself. I remember when I graduated my master's, I told you I graduated top of my class. Mm-hmm. There were over 300 graduates. Of those graduates, seven of them were doctorates. Mm-hmm. Of those seven doctorates, six were women. Mm. Of those six, five were minority. Wow, awesome. So we as men, we don't need to get mad and catch a case. We need to get motivated and catch a clue. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because they're getting it done. Yeah. And they are going in leaps and bounds. Now, is it complacency with men thinking, I don't have to try too hard because I'm just a man. I could just, you know, skip through. Or why are women kind of kicking butt in that area and, and men kind of taking a back seat? What's, what's happening? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Arrogance. Hmm. Arrogance. We think we know everything. And because we are men, we think we have the upper hand. And in some cases, socially and in many cases, culturally, we do. Mm-hmm. But here's the difference. We, because we think we know, we only need to do so much. Women understand the dynamics of where they are, how, how the social stigma takes place and identifies them as potentially the lesser of the two genders. Mm-hmm. But they take, take steps to you know, become more competitive, become more educated, mm-hmm. become more knowledgeable, become more valuable and are willing to implement whatever roles that come into play to get where they say they want to be. Wow. You know what I'm getting, Terry? And and this happened for me. I had a lot of trouble in high school with dyslexia. So it put me backwards um, as far as trying to push forward and learn the the curriculum and keep on top. Um, So I actually was studying six hours a day and I got myself to an A and be and stay there. But right. that was going far beyond what the, you know, folks next to me were doing, most of them. And so it's kind of like, a, not a good thing, but because I had that kind of pain point where I was starting at what seemed as a disadvantage, mm-hmm. me working harder actually put me forward quicker. So it actually kind of helps you not to, you know, have it so easy. Well, you know what, I've, here's the old cliche. Hmm. Women have to work twice as hard to earn half the money that a man makes. Mm-hmm. Wrong perspective. Learn what they know and use that to your advantage. It's not about working twice as hard. Mm-hmm. It's about working twice as smart. Ooh. Love that. Love that. And, and that's so true. For me in the past, what I found is you're spinning your wheels, working harder, more longer hours. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to work more efficiently and not longer hours. Yeah, because, and as I said earlier, as men, we think we know it all and we form relationships, not for the sake of a social engagement, but for the sake of building an alliance. Mm. Women on the opposite side are more domesticated in terms of building social relationships. Mm-hmm. But what they have to understand is this, if you really want to succeed in business and compete in the boys club, learn what they know and not necessarily do the exact things that they do, but do what comes naturally for you with the understanding 
that you have to be more assertive. You need to make your voice heard. You mm -hmm. need to put yourself on the forefront. Take those challenges, but think before you do it because everything that looks good for you in a position isn't necessarily right for you in a position. I, I love that you're saying this, Terry, because many years ago I was in a college course and we had this professor, arrogant as all heck, a guy. <laughs> and every time he would ask a question, he'd look at the student body and, you know, people would raise their hand, men and women alike, and all the women, he'd skip over them. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have them, he wouldn't pick them, all the men he would pick and they would answer. Well, I was getting sick of not getting picked. So I said, sir, or I, I forget, um, uh, professor, la, 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 la. And I gave the answer without waiting to be called. Mm -hmm. And then he winked at me and said, oh, well, tell me, what do you think? And so from that point on, he only picked me in the class as a woman, no other woman. But, you know, it's that kind of like I, I forced myself to be assertive and I was like, hey, hey, I'm not going to let you not call me. I will be called. Um, so I think I took a little bit of the assertiveness that maybe men have. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he didn't wink at the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, hear you. <laughs> I, th I think you did the right thing. And as I said before, one of the hindrances that women more so place on themselves, and it's not necessarily because that's what you want, but it's because of what you've been taught. Mm -hmm. Not to necessarily speak up for what you believe, but in the business world, you have to do that mm -hmm. if you want to be heard. Yeah. Because, because you can't transform what you tolerate. Exactly. Exactly. If you, if you don't express your ideas, why should anybody listen to you? Mm -hmm. You got also get your vision out to people and get them to be motivated to create that vision with you. You can't do it alone. Yeah. And women, women are nurturers by, by genetics or by nature or how they were designed. Mm -hmm. We are not so much. <laughs> it's, it, we are more competitive. Women are more collaborative. Yeah. But here's the wonderful beauty of it, Terry, is that you put the two meshes of the genders and their gifts together and you've got amazingness. Yeah. If, you, if you work together, and I, I don't see that one has to be better strategy than another, only male type of way of being, like I used to be in corporate America and be, try to act or be manly, it's not necessary. We both have our gifts and we can bring them to the table and be, you know, both use it to make the corporation better. The and, that's what, and that's what leadership's all about. It's not about leading or directing people or lauding power over someone. True leadership is really about self-discovery. Mm who you are at the core, what is your uniqueness, what is your gift? What I've discovered is that when you discover who you are at the core, mm -hmm. what your unique gift is, you find it, you master it, redefine it, and give it to the world. And the world will seek you out. And you know what's interesting, Christina? Mm. The world will pay you to be you. Mm, that's true, yeah. Yeah, I found that to be totally true. Now, I want to get something from your perspective. You've had a wonderful bosses, uh, bosses and leaders that are women and, and men. What have you seen as their best woman leader and what made them a great leader for you? Oh, gosh. I, <laughs> that's the interesting one because I've had a few of them, mm -hmm. majority of which because I spent 21 years in military and I've had women leaders. They, they were their authentic selves because mm -hmm. they could switch modes. When it comes to military, you're expected to perform in a certain way because you have a certain standard of conduct. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily make you move away from your femininity. Mm -hmm. Because naturally, you're a nurturer. So it's easier to give directions and still engage the person on a personal level to find out what motivates them. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And when, when you combine the two, you have an effective platform that allows both of you to achieve what you want. Mm, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Terry. This has been so fat. We could go on for hours with this topic. I know the audience would love to hear more, uh, but let them know how they can find out more about you, get your awesome book and work with you. Okay. You, you can find me at my website. It's www.terrybudget.com. You'll see both books, which is the first one is The Leader's Blueprint, How Average Leaders Become Alphas and Why You Should Too. And the other, which we're talking about today, is Who Says I Can't Be a Boss? Seven Strategies Women Should Use to Lead and Win in Business. That's awesome. Well, Terry, I just have to thank you again for coming here to share, share your great wisdom on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.